welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 12.30 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. Welcome to today's episode of Purely OCD. We are going to be talking about how to get support from a loved one without it being compulsive. Which I think is a really important topic. It is. And we'll probably discuss when it's appropriate. And um, I'm just sorry, I'm giving my outline in my head so I don't forget who who to get mm-hmm. who to get mm-hmm. support from and then how to, how to ask for it without uh, it uh, how to ask for it without it totally being compulsive yeah well i think <clears throat> to that end maybe a good place to start would be like why why it's problematic to try to turn to other people to get certainty right and that so that people can maybe identify that because I think once you understand that it becomes a lot easier to effectively ask for support without asking for reassurance. even if you want reassurance. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Right. So yes, just throwing some stuff out there. I, I think with OCD, right. The problem is in the solution. Like we talk about all the time where when people are, in the midst of a spike, it's like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to get certainty. I'm going to fix the fact that I don't know and the feeling that I'm having as a result of not knowing. Um, and that fix is actually the problem, mm-hmm. right? It gets you stuck trying to resolve uncertainty that probably can't be resolved in almost all situations. And it stops you from living your life. So if you understand that you by, let's just say with a particular example, like you have hit and run OCD and you really want to ask for reassurance from your mother that you would have noticed if you hit a person, right? So that's like the setup is you're spiked. Mm-hmm. You're really trying to figure it out. You want to ask for reassurance, understanding that, okay, asking mom for reassurance right now, isn't going to give me more certainty, right? Because she doesn't and she doesn't really know anything. And it's all only going to keep me stuck in this cycle where I'm constantly trying to figure out and fix something that, that we can't, we can't ever know for certain. Right. And it actually opens up this idea or this possibility of more compulsions, right? Cause then mom's going to ask, well, tell me what happened. So now we're giving it just more airtime in general right? Like we're giving it way too much attention at this point. So now you're re reliving and remembering, right? Like there's so many more compulsions going on. Yep. 
And then the story. what about when mom says the wrong thing and totally triggers you? <laughs> right. Well, no. here's the thing. She ain't going to win, right? Because she's going to be like, well, that, you know, maybe like she might be like, I don't think that's, that doesn't sound right. Like maybe right. don't go through the stop right. sign that fast. And then you're like, time. oh no, I really did mess up. Or, or mom's. Because. OCD person would right. be like, I didn't stop entirely. Right. Oh, that's and, so good. Right. Yep. And then mom's like, but it's, but it probably in all fairness, right? Like I have been there is like, you tell someone with OCD, you need to take medication at the same time every day. And you're like, <laughs> fucking <laughs> I 501. Up. No, it's, uh, and I think the other side of the coin, cause mom might just be like, no, you're fine. Or like, no, you don't, you know, it's not an issue. Yeah, and at that, that point, you're probably just going to go feel she doesn't even know. <laughs> she's not even, yeah, she doesn't even know. And on top of that, like she's, right. she's minimizing right. my experience too. Right. So no, you are not going <laughs> to win. Don't. Do it's that. so true. Yeah. It is such a I bad do. call. Like, you know what and I that, mean? This is where it starts assurance. to eat away at the relationship too. Right. Yeah. Now your relationship, in yes. addition to all of your free time in your head, is being devoted to trying to get certainty, to trying to eliminate your anxiety, and then you're pissed at your mom because she's not giving you the answer that you need. Because guess what? She can't. Like, there's no right answer. Um, right. Because then you re-explain it again, and you're like, now do you think? Because what right. if I didn't explain it perfectly? Like, you know, so I got to, yep. let's just, whoop redo that. And then of course mom starts to get resentful and it's like, I, and why don't you trust me? You, right. So now we're deteriorating. Yes. So it's just a deterioration of the entire relationship and each other. And those people, our support people are the people we need to be as healthy as possible. Right. When we're not, not in a good place. So we yeah. want to be mindful of that. And be like, okay, how do we do this? And like in the therapy setting, how do we do this so that we're walking this line that's helpful to our clients and also helpful yes. to the client's main support while they still feel support and they don't feel like they have to be by themselves yeah. constantly yeah. when they're in a lot of pain. For sure. And I think understanding too that like it is a choice, which that is not intended to shame anybody who's just asked somebody for reassurance. Like we, I, look, I'm, I've totally been guilty of that so many times in my life. Um, excessive reassurance, I should say as well. But I, I think that it's more about recognizing, okay, I do have a choice in this matter, even though it's very, very uncomfortable to, to make a different choice and to not ask. Um, it's a going to help me because I'm not feeding the beast. I'm not giving it a lot more importance that it deserves than it deserves. I'm also refocusing on like, well, what kind of a, in this case, like what kind of a child do I want to be to my mother? You know, how do I want to relate to my mother? And I get to prioritize that. I get to get back to living my life. Um, so we just, we want to highlight it. It's like, okay, you get to choose whether or not you ask for that reassurance and understanding really that you're not going to get what you want out of it. Maybe, maybe once or twice here and there, but it's yeah. a, a trap. <laughs> It's a total trap. I am glad you brought that up because that's kind of the 
overarching bigger view of this is values driving it is like what type of a child do you want to be to your parent but I think in like the day-to-day stuff if you're like I hear hear this a lot with clients where they're like I've I've been taught to aggressively not ask for reassurance or to not tell people what I'm going through because they could it opens me up to possibly getting reassurance so then they're just holding like on hard hard days they're holding so much pain I mean especially early on in treatment right I mean not that it doesn't happen at all points yeah later on at all points right but it's so much different when you approach it of like I'm really having a hard day and what I need is I need you to I need us to just go on a walk yeah. You know, we don't need to talk about it. Um, I, I I know you can even be like, I notice my mind wants to tell mm-hmm. and I'm not going to like, I'm just letting you know, like that. I yeah. know that's, you just own it, just own it and say, look at yeah. pain is pain. The end, right? Pain is pain. We don't need to know all the content. We know, we all yeah. know what pain feels like. And the Chances are is that this support person already knows yeah. what the content is likely. So what are things that help support your recovery in a way that also is like makes you feel cared for and supported through this process? Yeah. Bam. That's Bam. it. I mean, it, I also think in that this is where education your loved ones becomes really important, at least the loved ones that you can trust. And I know you wanted to touch on that. So I'll sort of like pin that for later, but I think really educating yeah. them so that they understand so that when you are triggered, they might be anxious too. If you're an anxious person, chances are you might be related to some anxious people. <laughs> um, and that may or may not be <laughs> right. acceptance Absolutely. that they are anxious. So they might get triggered by the fact that if, if you're saying, Hey, I'm really triggered right now. Their inclination might be like, well, let's solve it. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's fix I'm it. Here for you, what, what's what the problem? I'll, I'll, I'll resolve it for you. Yeah. And uh, totally well-intentioned, right? So the, providing education, understanding of like, that's actually really not helpful. So I, I can appreciate that. Like you might be anxious in a moment, but the best thing you can do for me is this. Um, and then when, so that, when you get into the circumstance, you know, and I mean, like I think of my sweet mother, oh my gosh, she's so, she's so wonderful. Well, first of all, she's just wonderful. Um, she is, but she, she is. Um, you know, she's learned so much with me on my own recovery journey and she'll be like, yeah, okay. Well, but I've, I've answered that already. So I don't think we should go there again. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I know she's so, so good at proud it of her, um, but I watch it with my clients too, like and their parents, like really like being willing to, to tolerate their own discomfort around, you know, their, their child's discomfort. Um, child's. but I, yeah. And you can get pissed oh, yeah. off at them too, by the way, it's okay to be like, <laughs> like knowing Lauren's mom, she's like an angel truly human. is. She is. She's like the, oh, totally. But you can also be so real with her, you know, like you can just be like, I don't have to put on a filter for her at all. Like I can just be myself and feel like she can 
roll with us. Good. Well, and even knowing that and hearing her say that, I can imagine when we're really spiked and super anxious that it can feel, I, so Lauren's never said this to me, by the way, but I could imagine how it could feel like, you know, the fuck is fuck you? Because I really want my head of reassurance, actually. Not, not to Donna. <laughs> no, but, but like, to yeah, people like, in general, be right? that crap. Like, I want the good stuff. <laughs> I, I see my clients do it to me and I'm like, you hate me right now. It's okay. You're allowed to be upset. You know, that's okay. We're practicing. There is space for you to be mad. I think I'm lucky and that my mother really can hold that. I like, she can be like with my discomfort. Not all parents can, you know, like not all people have Mm -mm. that degree of bandwidth to be like, oh, well, you know, it's okay if you're mad at me right now. So that's something to keep in mind too, in terms of this question of, who you're disclosing to and how much you're disclosing to and who you're turning to for support. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you want to t- Also having yeah. like a script too, right? Like early on of like, these are the, the helpful things you can say to me when I'm struggling, right? Like I love you and I'm not going to feed the disorder because of that. Yeah. So, you know, you can hold, I can hold space that you're angry, but what can we do to support you? What would your therapist say would be helpful, right? Like there's all these things yeah. that you can make a list yeah. of things Absolutely. to say. That's a great <clears throat> idea to, to have that ready, or on the ready um, yeah. for them. Yeah. For and them. It can be yeah, really hard. Um, yeah. So hard. It's confusing to us, you know, in OCD. So I, it's really confusing to people who don't know OCD, which is going back to Lauren's point is psychoeducation is super important. important. And, you know, there are increasing resources dedicated to family members, which is so heartening. Um, I think I know that OCD SoCal has a biweekly group that focuses on supporting parents. There's like the space program, which Um, provides education to family members of children with OCD so that they can support the effective navigating of treatment. Um, Alec Pollard, we were talking about this weekend, has something that's related to, you know, if you, yeah, um, sort of like, (laughs) he's a funny guy. guy. Um, And then also actually um, Josh Spitalnik with uh, Anxiety Specialists of Atlanta has a, a support group for family members of, of ki- I think kids. Yeah. I um, know that. Yeah. He's wonderful. I love him too. We have we so really many do. great people in our community. It's, it's kind of like, yeah, it's really impressive. Um, and then John Hirschfield has the book. Yeah, I think it's called how to support a loved one. family member has it. Or, I think. Uh, no, 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 that's okay. I just, Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. When a family member. <laughs> and then, Sorry, um, of course, like Margaret Sisson with, does so much work with Riley's Wish and supporting um, family members of individuals with OCD and um, SUD, substance use disorder. So there's lots of great, there's wow. so many wonderful and love Margaret, obviously, too. Like there's so many great, she's the best. Margaret, there's, there's really... That's such a, I'm glad we're ending yeah, on that because sure. of this top um, shelf. So lots and lots of resources out there and um, so important to recognize the family members. And 
if you're living with OCD, since that's really like the topic today is like, if you're living with OCD, how do you seek support without seeking reassurance? You know, like understanding when you're, when you're really in the thick of the disorder, everything turns inward. Right. And then if you're like, if you recognize that you're turned inward, oftentimes (laughs) you'll then start beating up on yourself. Like, oh, I suck so much because I'm not thinking about the people in my life. Again, that's not what we're after here, as I mentioned earlier. But I think having, taking a moment in that moment, in that beat where you're like, am I going to ask for reassurance right now? Or am I going to ask for support? That it's like recognizing the ability that you have to inform this relationship and whether or not you're going to support this person who's probably come to your rescue in so many different circumstances. Again, not to guilt, not to shame, just to recognize like, here's your opportunity to do something different. Um, because we're all in this together, you know? Yeah. And to kind of piggyback off that is that not everybody has yep. safe people in their life. And, and like, more and you said over the weekend yeah. as yes. vulnerabilities earned, you know, yeah. and I think that's really important. You don't just hand it out. Like you don't just be vulnerable with someone who historically has not been the most supportive person. Yeah. Um, I also know like culturally um, that can play a part in understanding and being accepting of mental illness. That's oftentimes a barrier, <clears throat> but I think going in with it, this idea of like, what am I trying to get out of this? Right. Like, and, and realistically, what is this person really capable of providing for me? And that may involve a fair amount of grief because some people that you, that, that should be able to do that may not be in a position where the reality is that they can offer that because of their own limitations. So, you know, building, like we, we talked about community a couple episodes ago, and I think that's where turning to building community and support with, with individuals who do understand what you're going through becomes so important. Um, because yeah, not everybody that you happen to be biologically related to, or that would like raised you or whatever is going to understand this or is going to have the capacity to listen and learn, which is unfortunate, but, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? There's also really safe people in my life that I don't talk to about the content or even about it. But when I am having a hard day, I reach out to my stepsister, Renee, who's Aces. like just also one of the best too, like Donna. Um, and she might not know that I'm like having a hard day, but I might be like, hey, do you want to do this? Or Hey, how's it going? Or we could talk about like other depressing, sad stuff too. Only um, depressing, sad it's stuff. It's just though, like apparently, yeah, <laughs> clearly. But sometimes, just like no. that, you know, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to tell everybody your stuff, and it's okay. Like Lauren to say said, like you might um, have some grief, right? Like, or even you hope that person. And it went well and it didn't. And that's, but, oh, totally. that's okay. Yeah. Okay. And at, like, like, I love yeah. what you're saying with Renee yeah. too. Like you may not actually even say I'm having a difficult day. You might just say, Hey, let's talk. How are you? Because yeah, that's like, going to get, 
get you, you more like <laughs> connected and out of, especially if you're a, a mental ritualizer, like getting you out of the mental rituals. And not if that's not compulsive, by the way, folks, I'm Let's presuming on that. Um, I'm not avoiding my feeling. It is still there. The thoughts keep coming and that's okay. That's not my point of it. My point is that I need to redirect Bingo. my attention to something I care about. I mean, even with my daughter too, like here's another example is like, she doesn't know she supports me, but she does every day because I might be having a hard time. And I'm like, she's like, do you want to play with me, mommy? Or she'll say, can you play with me? Cause I always go, I always want to play with you, yeah. but I can't. Um, and, and we will, and I'll be in my head, but like, eventually I start to be like, Oh, look how cute she is when she does this. Oh, there's another thought that I'm playing this wrong and harming her psychologically, Um, naturally. So it's like an exposure, actually. It's so so cool. Which is, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's weird. I just, that's, that's, that's what this work is all about is getting like re-engaged with your life and doing the things that matter to you. And, and in that process, you get to have this more varied experience of your life. Like you're talking about like, yeah, you're having the thoughts and you're also recognizing like, oh, she's so sweet. And oh, she's pissing me off now. Right. Like whatever, like it's going to be a very, but like, yeah, those moments instead of being so fixated on the stuff that you don't want that you miss it all that you don't play because you're like, no, that's it. I, it's ruined. I can't, I can't be present perfectly. So I'm just not going to do it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. man, they can be the worst truly, but yeah. 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 I, I think I really appreciate though that. Yeah. You brought up this idea of like getting support without even really asking for support. Like, can you support me, but more just asking for what you need and trying to find connection that's, that you know, is going to support you. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it might be, you don't totally. even know what you need. So just to. try something. Yeah. Just yeah. let's go for a walk. Play, play um, cards. Let's play a video game. Ultimately, bottom line is that finding the people in your life who you can turn to, but doing your best to turn to them in a way that's going to support you, them, and your relationship is what we're really after here. Yeah. So just understanding and like learning, okay, this is what I'm doing. You know, this is what I'm, oh, I'm doing that thing again. I really want to ask for reassurance. What, what choice do I want to make? And just one choice at a time, trying something different. Yeah. Um, the questions we had, I think we've already answered them. So as a supporter trying to reduce reassurance, how to communicate that. Right. So I think we discussed that as like some language to use. It's like, I really care about you. And I know that by answering this question, it's feeding the OCD and the disorder. And I, I really, wants you to get better and you can set limits too, guys. Like you, they, you can be like, okay, when you first start out, if that person's already asking tons, mm-hmm. it could be like a gradual reduction. Like I can answer it one time, yeah. but I, I, after it's that, like a I can't. Saying it's like Sorry, a response prevention hierarchy, right? Like you can decide with the person like, okay, well, yeah. we're going to start by reducing it to this amount. Like, and there's an agreed upon, but also you get to make choices yourself as a loved one. You don't, have to give 
expect everything that the person wants. Yeah. And lastly, this other person had wrote, um, isn't getting help mm-hmm. kind of compulsive or self-soothing. And um, I will say this, I think we already answered that, but I will say that there are some varieties of OCD where it's like saying the, the like saying, hmm, like processing it out loud without asking for reassurance. You don't have to outright ask for it, but like there's types, uh, like it's like a low key reassurance, right? Like you're saying it and then the you're response. kind of yeah. gauging yeah. the response. Yeah, the sort of implicit reassurance yeah. in that, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Like if you feel like I have to, I must, it's urgent, I have to tell them, then yeah, that's right. Impulsive. But to your point right? also, there's nothing wrong with, with self soothing. It, there is a problem with trying, right? right. Like and we tur- need humans turning to ways that are going to support Other ourselves, yeah. being kind to ourselves. That's not inherently compulsive. Um, that's, right. that's making a choice to like get help in. Yeah. And I'm having navigating it effectively, you know, and, and being kind. And, and that's, yeah, I think that that that's one of the the biggest things that people are like, oh, well, it's, but it's reassuring to me. It's like, well, but is it reassuring in that like you're getting certainty about this thing that you're scared of, right? Is it reassuring just to hear your mom's voice or is that like a nice thing for you? That's not a problem. You're allowed to be like sort of settled yeah. or, or. That's what I mean. It's totally. Like it's been but I think that, the, you know. It's not. The main thing is if if you're trying to get certainty about something that you're scared of, we don't want to like chase that as much as we can. We don't want to chase that, but you're allowed to want to hold somebody's hand and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And also reassurance Mm -hmm. isn't inherently bad. It's only bad and unhelpful to you when it's compulsive. Every human yeah, we need reassurance to exist. Yeah. Like yeah. that's kind of the thing. <laughs> yeah. Like hello. No, absolutely. Hello. Absolutely. So well, thank you as always, my friend. Okay. Thanks all for joining us. And uh you are the thank best. Thank you guys. You're the best. And and maybe yes. we can link some of in those the, resources we talked sure. about. Okay. And then cool. in the, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. We will see you all next week. Cool. Bye. See you next week. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.